Can you believe it's less than a week before Christmas and less than two weeks before the end of this year? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. It seems that for many, these last couple of weeks of the year is a, it's a bit of a slowdown. Some people get out of school. Some work begins to become lessened. Shopping becomes a little bit busier. As we look forward to this very special time of the year, Now, as many of you know, I've been going through a difficult time health-wise, which sometimes makes doing this program a little bit more difficult than other days. Now, the good news is I took a few days away. I had recorded my program a little bit early on Thursday for Friday and tried to do my best to get as much rest as I could over the weekend. Now, with the the blood issue that I'm dealing with, my iron levels and everything else are way down, way off. So I feel exhausted most days. But the good news is I'm starting to do better and I feel better overall, but I still tire easily and I just need to get some rest. If there had been any way to have been able to produce these programs for the last part of the year, oh, I wish I could have found a way to do it. But I also believe there's so many things that I really need to share with you as we come to the end of this calendar year. There are a lot of things on my heart and mind. I was thinking, like I say, if I seem like I'm rambling a bit, I've just got some notes in front of me and I want to kind of cover the thoughts that are on my mind. And the things that I really believe are more important, more important than some of the stuff you, you hear about. We know that our economy here in the United States and across the world is not good. You can't keep printing money. You cannot keep going in debt before someday it's going to just blow up. We're seeing already defaults on things like car loans. And I was reading an article over the weekend. There's For about a year now, we've been looking at some of these data sets and realizing that a lot of people are buying cars they can't afford. Just like years ago, they were buying houses they couldn't afford because everybody had to go out there and buy a house while the interest rates were low and the prices were skyrocketing. Now, just, just to give you an idea how that affected us this past year, you know, we, we sold a home at an inflated value, in my opinion, to buy another home at an inflated value. So it was like a net gain of nothing, just swap one house for the other but i look at the price that we sold the one house for and what we paid for this one if you had told me 20 years ago i'd be paying that kind of money uh for a house or selling what we had in georgia for what i we sold it for i would have looked at you like you're crazy even at the time that we bought the place before we started to you know do the renovations and make it inhabitable I thought the price was high for the, for then. So it, all this money stuff is so relative. I was kind of reminiscing in my mind what things cost me when I first started out a little over 50 years ago. What was I paying for gasoline? What was I paying to have a roof over my head? What was I paying at the grocery store? And if you think about it, now, granted, there's some items that don't fit this mold perfectly, but stop and think. In 50 years, 
everything's gone up by a factor of of around 10. Around 10. I could buy a house in 1975. Three bedroom brick ranch, one and a half bath for $18,000. You can't touch that same house today. That very same house is $225,000. $225,000. You could buy a used car for $300. Good luck doing that today. And it would run. I know. I bought one. Gasoline. Mm, Around 30 cents a gallon. Now about $3 a gallon. Oh, it goes up and down. There are a few things that have gotten cheaper because of mass production. Electronics is one of them, where we don't we actually pay far less today for a television set in comparison to our income as we would have back in nineteen, you know, seventy-two. It took a huge chunk of your income. But what this really t- and we went off the the gold standard in seventy-one when gold was thirty-five dollars an ounce. And if you go way back in the history of the United States, at the beginning of this of the nation, gold was like $25, $26 an ounce. It really hadn't gone up that much in 175 years. We keep printing money. Money becomes worth less. Colleges and universities are given the ability of putting people in debt. No questions asked. And they inflate the cost of a lousy education. Oberlin College, you saw what happened, I guess, over the last couple of days in Ohio. Those people that run that university decided when somebody is shoplifting and they get called out, that must be racist. And a whole incident occurred several years back because two female college students who happened to be of color were committing an act of theft and got caught. And because they got caught, it was racist. And then the college, in their stupidity, their abject stupidity, started calling the business, a bakery that had been there for generations, racist, and destroyed their business. It cost that college, thankfully, $36 million in cash. Honestly, it should have been more than that, and the university should have been bankrupted to the point of no longer existing. Those are the kind of universities, virtue-signaling morons, destroying other people's businesses, and excusing theft. That's what's wrong with with a lot of our nation today because guess where these graduates from Oberlin go into? Government. They end up in leadership positions. And don't forget, they also end up in education. And so it proves something that was said over 50 years ago that those that want to destroy a nation, those that want to take over a nation, they will do it starting with education. And then leadership. And so here we are today. Somebody pointed out to me, if you look at the increase in the number of teachers 
compared to students, it's not that big of a of a difference. But if you look at the layers and layers and layers of administration, it is scary. You have administrators at all these levels that micromanage what goes on in the classrooms. And you wonder why education is in the trouble that it is in today. And you wonder why a lot of parents are homeschooling, why many wish they had the resources to send their kids to a, a private or a Christian school. I get it. I get it. And we have become very narcissistic in our society. Uh, the level of anger, hatred, vitriol, unfiltered, filthy language. Yeah, tons of it out there. Anywhere you go. You go into a restaurant, people just don't care about what they say in front of you or even your children. They just don't care. We have finally arrived at what has been well known as the reprobate mind. And it is the largest mindset, I think, in our society today. Look at social media. Truth has become something that is relative. It becomes so entrenched in ideology that people will never see the truth because if that truth should impact their ideology, they don't want to hear the truth. Little story that came out over the weekend. And it's one of those kind of stories that, you know, a lot of the media is going to ignore. They're not going to get into it. These are some of the things we've talked about on this radio program since the beginning and also back in 2021 as the as we've looked over the pandemic and all that went with it. Little story that gets buried over the weekend, like many stories do. Now, anybody that goes on social media, anybody that reads some of the mainstream media, and watches the advertising. And I'm, I'm not going to get into this much. I just want to point out a story that quietly just, just drifted out there. The Food and Drug Administration announced that new evidence has emerged linking Pfizer COVID shots to blood clotting. Gee, we talked about that, I think, almost two years ago. By the time you get to February, March of 2023, it will be two years when people are already raising those red flags. And people like myself and others making those statements found ourselves being uh, minimized, shadow banned in social media, being told we're just conspiracy theorists, we're, we're spreading misinformation or disinformation. By the way, there's a difference between misinformation and disinformation. Misinformation is just you got something wrong in trying to do your best. Disinformation, well, that's designed to be false for people to believe to actually ruin your credibility. That's one of the problems I have with this information uh, cottage industry out there of websites and videos and what have you. Oftentimes, they're looking for the clickbait because these people get paid for the advertising you're seeing. I don't. There are a lot of places that want you to view their video and then click on the links because they get paid for the clicks. And I don't get paid that way. I, I, I depend on you, which means that I'm going to do my best to be honest with you. 
And so this little story that kind of floated through over the weekend when nobody would notice, especially the week before Christmas, everybody's so busy getting ready. They reveal that these there's these pulmonary embolisms that say that they were in the data all this time. But we need a little bit more looking. We need a little bit more, you know, investigating. Safe and effective is now sudden and unexplained. That's the best line that I think I've heard. And for most of you that listen to this radio program, I know where you stand on these particular issues. To keep reminding you of what you already know, what am I doing in the grand scheme of things? And even though I'm tired today and and just, by the way, thank you for all your prayers. I can tell I'm getting better because of your prayers. There There has been some marked improvement that I think, you know, better diet and more rest will really, really be a great asset and help for me. So I'm looking at this radio program, and we've been cutting edge. I'm not trying to brag on this. Really, I'm not. I've had some wonderful people that have come forward to me and shared information that we could share in the program. And I will tell you that over the two and a half years of doing the program, there have been times that I've said something on this program that I I wondered, would I be, am I going to get myself in trouble? Is what I'm sharing with you accurate? Is it true? Am I going to regret saying what I've told you? And I think we only got nailed one time with a story that turned out not to be thoroughly true, where it was an actual case of intentional disinformation pushed out to embarrass people. We caught it right after we did it, and I apologize to you when it happened. We said a lot about this pandemic, and and I stand by everything that I've said about this pandemic since, since I got involved with it coming out of retirement in 2020. I knew by the time we were at the end of March that much of what I was being told I was to share was simply not factually true. And as time went on and the politics of this pandemic played out, the fraud that is just totally evident that has come to light, and my question will be, will anybody ever be held accountable? I don't know. Everything we said about this pandemic, it's almost been like a prophecy. And here they are trying to talk about, you know, face coverings and flus and RSVs and everything else. It's not going to go away. They're going to keep trying to beat this thing back in your face to control more of your life. They don't want you to be free. There's a like I saw this little cartoon being shared, you know, IRS agents coming down the chimney to look for any gift valued at over six hundred dollars. I mean, yeah, we have we are in the surveillance state. And if you think you can escape it, you're you're wrong. You're not. They have more ways to Sunday to observe and learn all about you and try as you may. There's more about you they know than you would ever want to admit that they do. 
So what do we do? What are the important things that this radio program can do? Essentially, I put this program together five days a week. And we can sit here and complain about the news, the fact that our money is worthless, that we have a reprobate in the White House. I mean, those things are just givens. But what do we do about it? There are several things that I've been thinking about, and I've had a few... When you're trying to get rest and you you can't and then you're kind of daydreaming and you're kind of thinking, these past several days, a number of things have come to my mind and and I'm trying to find the words so you'll understand what I'm thinking. There are a lot of programs out there on radio, on video, even online. You know, you know what I, you know, Many of you share video bits of other programs with me. Some of those programs are, I think, excellent. Some are well-produced. Some have got questionable information that are just living off the clickbait. Sorry, but they are. And there's some that I think are about as phony and fraudulent as they come, you know, just living off you, hoping to give you one more little bit of fear And too many of their headlines never pan out. So discernment is something that we have to have. But what is the Bible? And I'm going to take you back to the roots of who I am and this radio program truly are. I am not going to, I don't want to be just a bearer of bad news all the time. That's easy. I have subscriptions through Substack and all kinds of places. I could sit here for an hour And put the fear of God into every one of you. Of things that that are happening and will happen. And there's no doubt in my mind they will happen. The point is, if I'm not offering you a solution, if I'm not giving you hope in these troubled times, then what is the purpose of listening to a radio program or podcast like this? If all we are dealing with is the bad news... That old country song, just bad news. Sometimes I think there's some people that they live for the bad news. You know, remember, I I think back to the TV program. I've used this before, you know, from Hee Haw, gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark, depression, excessive misery. I'm beginning to think that some people live to be miserable. Live to have some insider knowledge and live to have some kind of fear. And here we are coming into the Christmas season when we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, our Redeemer, who makes us victorious over the grave. And then we spend so much of our time talking about how lousy the world is and how bad it's going to get. Sure, you can look at these apostate groups and churches that are out there with twerking men pretending they're women in front of little children. You can have the creator of Veggie Tales. Remember that? You know, I, I'm going to, this is something I was going to share in the next portion of the program, but I'll share it now. 
I've worked in Christian ministry and even Christian radio quite a bit over my 50-year career. And I can remember many, many years ago, a lot of these these programs and early videos and tapes and then DVDs designed for for children. They're supposed to be G-rated, friendly stuff for your kids. And some of the stuff that I would see out there just hit me as, for lack of a better word, goofy. <laughs> I'm just going to say, it's just like, you know, I, I'm not sure if I want to buy this stuff for my kids or grandkids. I just, I just had a... I just had this feeling like this is just not right. There's something wrong with it. So I'm, I'm reading this story about the creator of VeggieTales. And he's all for, you know, homosexuality. And, and we need to, you know, get our kids used to it. I tell you what, you've got some wolves in the hen house. In the faith once delivered to the saints. And because of so much theological ignorance and poor grounding in God's word, people get tossed to and fro. It sounds good. It feels good. But it's unhealthy. The one thing, and I'm going to lead into this because this is really where I'm going to take the program in a few minutes, and I think it's important. How How do we as Christians function in the world in which we are descending. Over the weekend, I watched a few movies. Yeah, some would be the typical Happy Christmas G-rated stuff. Definitely not Hallmark. Some of these came from some Christian producers. They were okay. They were fun to watch. But I also watched a video, uh, a documentary called Bonhoeffer. And Bonhoeffer, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, was a theologian, ended up going, he was born in Germany, went back to Germany in 39, because he knew he had to stand up against Adolf Hitler. He, he gave his life for the faith. He's, he was a true martyr. He tried to preach the gospel. And his preaching of the gospel made him a traitor to the state, a very intellectually, morally bankrupt, evil state. Evil hates being exposed by the light. And so I watch this documentary, and I'm looking at where we are headed as a nation. And in many ways, there is some similarity. Oh, we don't have the goose-stepping Gestapo yet. But they're coming. Evil always exercises a little bit to see what it gets away with. Let's stop and give a comparison. You can blow up an abortion clinic and the FBI is not really investigating. Nothing's happened. But you get a 12-year-old being screamed obscenities into his face by some pro-abortion guy and a father trying to get between that 12-year-old and this foul-mouthed evil individual. Who's the one that the FBI arrests and threatens 10 years, 11 years in jail? the father protecting his son. We already, we're already on this path. It's happening now. If you have questions about things like elections, you're, you're made fun of, you're, you're minimized. Even if the evidence is there, we're not supposed to look at it. 
transgenderism. This is something relatively new. Let's be honest. 50 years ago, we never heard about things like this. If somebody in my high school class had made the statement, my preferred pronouns are, think about that. Would that have, you, you, would have, you would have laughed at it. I don't care who you were. It would have seemed so insane. But see, now the Oberlin colleges and all those kind of places, it's important. We need to know your pronouns. We are in a, a world of hurt. And so what do we do about it? What, do we, what are we going to do about it? What can we do about it? Will the real church survive this? Now, every time I get into this little discussion here, I always get a few of my listeners, you know, upset with me, but, but that's all right. They'll say, Bob, nothing to worry about. It'll all be just fine. It'll be perfect because, see, we have the rapture and we just, poof, we're out of here. And everybody can stay behind, you know, that's evil and we're, we're going to be gone. And, and I have to always ask the question, and people don't like me to ask this. The church never taught rapture, ever, before the 1800s. It did not exist. And I think the danger of that is we take this attitude, like, you know, Alfred E. Newman, what me worry? Hey, I'm out of here anyway, so it doesn't matter to me. When they come goose-stepping down my, my street, poof, I'll be gone. Tell that to the folks in 1930s Germany. Tell that to the folks in Afghanistan. Tell that to the folks in the Soviet Union in 1917. Tell that to the millions who have died for their faith over the years. And somehow American Christians believe we will never have to sacrifice, never have be held accountable, never be told we can't worship. I think that's something that, that, that it's really is as we're coming to the end of the year. Yeah, I'm tired, I know. But I also know that something has got to give. I can sit here and give you all these stories about long-term effects of vaccines and how people are dying, died suddenly. I've seen the, I've seen the video. And I see the evidence. And I can see the lies. I can see the greed. I can see it all. Doesn't take much. And I can see the Facebooks of this world, they keep beating you up on two things, climate change and take the vaccine, climate change, take the vaccine, climate change, take the vaccine. That's all you ever get out of these people is comply, comply, comply and live in fear and do as we tell you. As they roll around on their billions upon billions of dollars. There are a lot of stories that I want to share with you over the next couple of weeks, God willing, and my strength, it's coming back. It's going to take time. Got one more surgery in, in, in January, and if I get through that and can keep the program going, I will con- I'll, I'll declare that a victory. I know what I've been through since the one surgery in, in November and the ups and downs. Hopefully, this next one they tell me will be a lot easier. It still will take some recoup time. And I just got to keep my, you know, my, my blood 
iron rich because I know that I'm getting a little bit anemic and you can probably tell it in my voice from time to time that I'm just not 100% there. I'm trying. I really am. And I believe in, in the ministry and mission of this radio program and some other things that God has just been laying on my heart. And I can't avoid it. And I want to share some of those thoughts with you on the other side of the break. And a couple of other stories. You know, even when things look terrible, I have hope. And, and I want to kind of share something that happened a little over 50 years ago that is so much a part of who I am today. And it's probably the driving force today in my life. Now, I may have been all over the road in this first segment. I just wanted to share from my heart. Then I want to share something with you. And, and I, want your, I want your input. I want your thoughts. I want your suggestions. It's important. As we come to the end of this calendar year of 2022, would you consider keeping us on shortwave radio? If you would consider doing so, would you kindly write a check made payable to Ancient Word Radio? Ancient Word Radio. The mailing address is Post Office Box 510, P.O. Box 510. The city is Chilhowie, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowie, Virginia. And the zip code in Chilhowie is 24319. That's 24319. By the way, you can also support us from our website, which is truththenumber2ponder.com. Truththenumber2ponder.com. Many of you have taken advantage of using Give, Send, Go, which is the link is right there at the website. And it's been a very effective and useful way to support this radio ministry. If you can, once again, consider using Give, Send, Go from our website, which is truththenumber2ponder.com. Or our mailing address... Make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio or Money Order. Post Office Box 510, Chilhowie, Virginia, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowie, Virginia. Zip code is 24319. That's 24319. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Given and Received. Shalom Aleichem. This is Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Well, Christmas. It was foretold in Isaiah. Isaiah 9 says, Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Now, it says a child is born. That's what happens in the natural. But then it says a son is given. In other words, the son existed before. Because you can't give something unless it exists before. The son always was. But he was given. So his life is a gift. Given. Unto us a son is given given unto us. Now that's first the Jewish people, but it's also to everyone. Messiah's life can't just be known about. You can't just believe about him. It has to be received because it's a gift. As many as received him. So the key part of Messiah's life, it's summed up in the word gift, given, gift. And a given gift has to be received. And so the primary way of relating to God is to receive him as a gift. What's the sign? A 
of a life that has received a gift, well, when you receive a gift, you're grateful. So a life that received him is a life of gratitude. You give thanks. You don't complain. You give thanks. When you receive a gift, you bless. So it's a life that you bless. When you receive a gift, you have joy. So live a life of joy. Is that you? Well, maybe you have to receive him again. Maybe you have to come back to the joy of your salvation. Receive his joy again. Receive the gift. Get back to the joy of your salvation. A gift has been given for unto you a child is born. Unto you a son is given. Want more? Well, here's the free gift for you. The most incredible the mystery of the temple doors plus sapphires guaranteed to give you the power of living a victorious life in God all free how do you get these gifts free easy just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name Yeshua and you dial it that's it so just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1 you will be blessed but call now that's 1-800-YESHUA-1 now my friend you're on this earth for a great purpose to be a gift to be a blessing so I invite you to join me in the greatest blessing to reach the unreached peoples of the world salvation to five continents over a billion people broadcasting the word of God on shortwave radio you can blanket the earth with good news it's incredible we do it every week just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 that's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1 or you can write me direct here's how let's write to the nice Jewish boy box 1111 Lodi L-O-D-I New Jersey 07644 that's box 1111 Lodi New Jersey 07644 till next time this is Jonathan Kahn saying rejoice and be glad, my friend, you have been saved in Messiah, Hamatan Elohim, the gift of God. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And I welcome you back to part two of our Monday edition of Truth to Ponder, and I'm your host, Bob Bierman. When I think over these past many months of doing the radio program and the many friends we've made along the way, I marvel at how things have moved in a certain direction. You still fight the same battles, people still cursing at you, still angry and still calling you a person of, you know, a conspiracy theorist, a Bible thumper. I, I'm, I'm so used to it, I consider them bads, badges of honor. And when you talk to somebody and try to carry on a conversation and you make a statement and they go, no, that can't be true. And then you ask for evidence. They have none. They just believe what they believe because they want to believe it. And and God forbid that they ever be exposed to truth. We live in what I call a fragmented world. And it's fragmented by design to keep us at each other's throats from time to time, too. When we made statements on this radio program about what they were going to do with COVID lockdowns and make it a climate lockdown, people laughed at me. They said, Bob, that just is not going to happen. Come on, we're just, we're fighting this once in a lifetime virus. And we have to do all of these extraordinary things to get through. If you're intellectually honest, you realize a lot of what they told you was a lie. From the beginning to this current day. We would talk about things like the World Economic Forum. Oh, Bob, come on. That's just, they're just a nice organization trying to make the world a better place. And so what is their theme going into 2023? Planning for the next pandemic. I kid you not. It runs from January the 16th through the 20th. It's a return for the first time in three years 
to their regular January events. And so what they want is cooperation in a fragmented world. And they're going to be the ones to tell you how we must cooperate. And there are six topics that they're going to be addressing. One is Ukraine shines the light on the importance of global cooperation. The three interconnected crises, ready for this? Climate, food, and energy. Climate, food, and energy. Yep. Don't use recession, but it might be coming anyway. Number four, preparing for the next pandemic requires ending health disparities. In other words, they want a global healthcare system through the WHO. Gender inequality and the jobs of tomorrow. Gender is fluid, according to them. And our future is digital. In other words, it's going to be transhuman. Now, you can say, Bob, that's just all conspiracy stuff. Well, that's from their own website. Tell me where I'm giving you a conspiracy. And this also comes from their own website. The John Hopkins Center for Health Security, in partnership with the WHO and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, conducted a catastrophic contagion pandemic workshop. Uh, It happened just this past October, 2022. And they're talking about the severe epidemic enterovirus respiratory syndrome of 2025 and how they're going to deal with it. It's the same playbook used over and over and over again. At the beginning of the pandemic in 2020, I come out of retirement. I didn't know. I wasn't paying that much attention. I dealt with stuff before, but primarily like tornadoes and and certain kind of drills that make sense. You saw a beginning and an end date. I can remember one of my discussions in in early March when I arrived on scene. I wonder how long this is going to go on. And nobody knew. It could be months. It could be years. And I'm thinking years. Who would have believed that was going to be possible? But it is. And it's still going on. It's still being used whenever they need control. Hey, hey, hey. Cases rising. Get on the face diaper, folks. You got to start being compliant again. In 2020, and, and I remember having this conversation in my work with somebody. Call me up on the phone. Do you remember the two weeks to flatten the curve? Yeah, we're just going to pause everything. Just We're going to pause two weeks. Stay home. Be safe. And then we'll all come out of our little homes in two weeks. And then we're going to get our life back. And I can remember somebody saying to me, a friend of mine saying, you know, they're going to close the churches down. And I wonder how long, one week, two weeks, two months, two years, forever. And his concern was, is the church, are Christians ready to suddenly be thrown back in the catacombs where worshiping is illegal? Look at Mayor Lori Lightfoot and her disdain of Christians trying to gather. She had a whole street of every car towed in. Turned out they weren't even the cars that had anything to do with the church, but she hated that church so much, she wanted to send a message, I can shut you down. 
And you had churches just being so compliant. You know, in the first century church, they would tell you, you worship your God, you will die. And people would say, then I will die. I will have to be obedient to God, not over the state. See, a lot of people think the state has power over God. It's not that way. Today, they stay home and go, thank you for keeping me safe. I would have died if I gone to church because God is helpless. If that's the kind of church you're attending, you're right. It is a helpless church because your God is not the true God. All right, so where am I going with this? I want to share the lives of two people you never heard of. And these are people that I knew from my childhood. I was very blessed to go to a a Christian school. And I didn't have that many friends in school. I I sang in choirs, but you know, I wasn't one of the cool kids even in that school. But I remember one of the girls in the in in my class who was just how do you describe it? Just a, a very sweet person. Very nice, always kind at heart. And I knew her. We were this, like I say, we went to school together all the way through my time in the eighth grade when we moved to upstate New York. I ran into her many years later when I was back in college in Long Island. Her parents were one of the sweetest couple you've, couple you've ever met. Her dad, Walter, and, and her mom, Joan, they were very active in that church. And, and they, they had the storybook post-World War II life, living in Long Island. He, he had been a tactical sergeant in the Second World War, went to Brooklyn Polytech Institute, ended up working for many, many, many years in, at Grumman in Hicksville, Long Island. And he made sure that their children, their four children, went to a Christian school. He and his wife, Joan, just had a love of God, and they got deeper into their walk with the Lord as us kids were probably in our high school years. And he put his faith where his money and his mouth were, and he ended up in the ministry himself, pastoring some home churches. Eventually, when he retired, they, they were in North Carolina, then Pennsylvania, and other places. And what a, what a life that he lived. And, and, and to, to know him, he, he passed away in December of 2021, and his wife, Joan, just passed away a year later, literally almost to the day. And, and I, think of, I think of some of the things that he accomplished in his secular work life. Yet, I, I mean, things that in his career with Grumman and other places that were just unbelievable. But to him, what he accomplished in the things of God were the most important things he could ever share. They were married 73 years when he died. And she lived a wonderful and blessed life. Raising her family, loving her Lord, and preparing people for the things that can come in this life. And so I look at what I do with this radio program. And I'm at a crossroad. I'll be quite blunt. I am at a crossroad. I love doing the program, especially when my health is with me. I really enjoy doing it. Today, I'm tired, 
but I'm doing better. And I'm excited that I'm, I'm able to do this program. I'm not sure how, what we'll do for the remainder of the week. I'm not, I'm not even 100% sure. A little bit of rest is what I need. But I also need to recharge my spiritual batteries as well. When I knew Walter and Joan, their last name is Minch, and they lived in Long Island, and I saw their love of the Lord, it was contagious. And their life on me when I was in college started me on a journey I never realized I was on. I explored a lot about the Christian faith, other believers and what they believe, not just the, the heritage of my church background, but I, I, I got deeper into God's word. And I was absolutely blown away by how people's lives could be changed in an instant. And I had some experiences that, that a lot of people in my own grade or class of whatever may never have experienced. Remember, I was a baby boomer. I was one of the baby boomers that was taken to church and had a foundation in God's word. Did I always live the way I should? No, I never did. Not when I was younger. But at least I was exposed to the truth of God's word at a young age. And I knew for ages that God had a call in my life that I successfully evaded, which a lot of people try to do. You can't, but you can try. And so I think today, the world in which we live, and, and I, I, came into, I came into ordained ministry later in life, and, and sometimes I wake up in the morning or I go to bed at night, and I'm thinking about some of the people I know within my own church body or very similar related church bodies and how they're constantly belittling each other and they're, they're, they're constantly debating this. Now, wait, we're right, you're wrong, and yeah, yeah, I, I'm sick of it. When we are debating minutia and not building the church, then we are serving Satan, not Almighty God. And this, is, this has been getting louder in my spirit over the last several weeks, maybe several months. We learned one thing two and a half years ago, almost three years ago now. Churches can be shut down. People who have a very poorly grounded faith will stay home forever in fear. Churches that have abandoned the true gospel and preach social justice nonsense and not a heart, a heart dedicated unto the Lord and a life completely changed, they're useless. When you have these little social justice churches with aging baby boomers that don't even understand what it means to repent of sin, you don't have a church. And we're coming to a time, I really believe, and this is where you say, oh, here's Mr. Bible Thumper conspiracy theorist. Well, we've seen that it can, it can happen. There's a hostility to people of faith. I mean, let's be honest, there is. And those that hate the faith can deny that there's that hostility, but it's there. There was a lot of hostility in the first century. It could cost you your life. They met in the catacombs. They met in people's homes. They weren't allowed to have the big signs. They, 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 they couldn't be in public. 
And just like the coronavirus of 2020, you can sit in a parking lot trying to listen on your car radio to something happening on a stage where nobody's sharing the virus and have reprobate police officers taking down your tag number in states like Kentucky. It happened. We have learned one thing, that the goose-stepping Gestapo, even in the United States, will crush your religious liberties if they can get away with it. The day is coming, if you look at the book of Revelation, the day is coming if you understand history, that Christians are going to be pushed back into the catacombs. And so I can do this you know, doing this radio program, it, it's easy. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. I have all these sites I can go to. Sometimes I don't even bother. I will look at what stories that are out there and share them with you. And it's nothing more than a countdown to the return of Christ, if you really want to be honest. And and I don't need to have some super secret knowledge to give you that nobody else gives you unless you pay a price. When I share information on this program, I'm not asking you to go through a paywall. But I'm thankful for those that actually help financially so others can get the message. So I'm thinking about these people that impacted my life over 50 years ago, 60 years ago. They're home with their Lord now and their legacy lives on. I had the opportunity of being being exposed to so many wonderful things way back in the early 1970s, even in the 1960s. And, and I'm wondering, how do we stay connected the next time they pull our plug, next time they block our doors and close our, our parking lots? How many churches were truly prepared when they had to go on Zoom church or, or, or the first church of Facebook or as one of my friends when he started doing something when this happened, you know, the church of the living room where he had a camera and tried to do a Facebook live quick service. We were woefully unprepared. Most churches are technically not savvy at all. Some of the big contemporary ones are. But it's amazing how many churches are clueless in sharing the gospel in a hostile world. They just assume everything's going to be the way it always was. You know, we get to show up on Sunday if we want. And here this coming weekend, how many churches will be closed on Sunday because it's Christmas Day? You know, we want to say, it's a family day. Don't you know it's just a family time? Somebody had the best line yet. Staying home on Christmas morning is the same as, you know, avoiding your wife on your wedding anniversary. Makes no sense. But the devil has co-opted the holiday. It's family, friends, fun, and gifts. Oh, yeah, that Jesus guy was born too, I think. We think, and and I think there's some wise men that'll appear or have, or (laughs) I'm not getting into that now. So what I'm trying to say, and and I'm having a hard time getting the words together, and this is where I'm going to need your prayers and your thoughts and, and what some suggestions. How do we stay connected when the next pandemic comes? How do we stay connected when churches are closing because they're aging out or they're apostate or people don't care? 
and you can't keep the facade of a building going much longer. How do we get people into the faith? You know, I saw some incredible things in the 70s, and some of the same methodology will apply today. St. Paul used some good methodology back in the first century when he was in Greece. Connecting with the community so he could connect you to the gospel. And so I'm, I'm trying to think, what can I do? What little thing can I do? You know, I don't need to be, and I'm, I'm just throwing names, I, I don't need to be some big monstrous ministry like Grace to You and Grace Community Church out of California and what a wonderful ministry that he's had. Whether you agree with him or not, it is a massive ministry. How do I connect people together when we can't be connected? And, and trust me, those days are coming. And I think we lose sight of that. You know, God willing, and my health continues to improve as it is. And, and yes, it is improving. And if by the time we get into the first part of next year and my strength is back, at least for a season, there are several things that I'm, I'm committed to doing, raising up others to, you know, be leaders and pastors in churches and church planters and missionaries. God has blessed me with a lot of technology that I've never used. I mean, I could do video stuff, but I just haven't. I could do more audio stuff. I just haven't. But I think the time has come now that it begins to happen. We need to be ready to stay connected. I believe in shortwave radio. I would love to have more of it. I just don't have any way to get into domestic AMFM. It's just like a closed door for me. I wish it was there. And I'm one of, you know, millions of people doing their thing on the internet. Hard to find. But how do I break through? And reach those that God would have me reach. What message needs to be preached? What word of God do I need to share with you? And how can we worship together in spirit and in truth even when we are separated by miles? We need to figure that out. We need to find our catacombs, our place of refuge. Because the one thing I do know the one thing I am absolutely confident about. It's going to happen faster than you think. The apostate churches have already done their faithful job to their satanic master to destroy the church from within. Good people that stand up are the ones being crushed and silenced. It's all about the corporations. It's all about obedience. It's all about the money in too many places today. Doing this radio program some days is fun, but other days I'd rather be preaching God's word to you. I'd rather be preparing you for the days that are ahead and encouraging you as you keep looking up because this could be your golden daybreak. So as we head toward Christmas, I need to hear from you. Do you want to stay connected? Would you feel the need that we do when times get tough again? That's why I do this radio program. Like I say, today it's just been, it's from my heart. I don't know. I'm, I'm having a hard time getting the words 
from my brain to my mouth to you. But I know that what I'm sharing with you may be resonating with a number of you. Would you pray for me as we try to discern this next chapter of this radio program, this next chapter of our world, our nation, and what God would have you and I to do together in his vineyard? There are times that I have these visions of what a little church could look like. It may be, it may be something that's shared online to connect us. Maybe an audio version of a service so you can be a part of, of worship and praising God, even from where you are in your home on the radio. God knows. And I'm ready to explore this journey. Sure, I'll give you some news stories. I'll do that every day. As we mark one day closer to his imminent return. I want, to, I want to be found worthy of God in his vineyard. I don't want to be lazy, even though there are times it's so easy. So I need your prayers more today than ever before. Number one, agree with me that God is going to help me through this health issue. I'm thinking of a friend of mine who's going through worse, and there by the grace of God could go me. Yet he still will minister on. He's younger than I am. He's going to be losing his entire lower intestine. But he will continue to fight the good fight. So pray for me. Pray for others that are willing. Pray that the church can be kept pure. Pray that the the apostates that are just wrecking it will be pushed aside. And pray that we are found worthy. As far as this particular ministry of Truth to Ponder, your financial support is always appreciated to keep us on shortwave radio. And I'd love to hear from you with your ideas of how we can stay connected. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 510. Post Office 510. The city is Chilhowee, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowee, Virginia, And the zip code in Shilhawi, Virginia is 24319. That's 24319. You can also support us from our website, which is truth2ponder.com. That's truth2ponder.com. I'm looking at my desk today. There's so many things and little projects that I'm just not, I'm getting behind on, but then again, it's the health. But I'm feeling better. I'm feeling more confident. And I can really feel your prayers. And I really think that 2023 is going to be an unusual year like 2022 was. I don't think we're, we're, we're even ready for what God has, has got in store. But I, I feel there's going to be a breakthrough and a change. And so please pray with me on that. Once again, mailing address, Post Office Box 510, Chilhowee, Virginia, zip code 24319. This has been Truth to Ponder. With Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.